podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Do you like beer? Do you like free? How about, you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com slash whistle and cover just the postage of £4.95. And if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the Whistleblowers, you'll get two extra free beers. So that's 10 free beers. Beer 52 are pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise then that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 delivers a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand, and many more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time. The power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine, Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you receive and a beery snack thrown in just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. Easy. Just go to www.beer52.com slash whistle to get your case free. And don't forget right now, whistleblower listeners get extra free beers. Just the two of them. That's 10 for you. Enjoy. Another goddamn podcast has Ooh. been recorded. How do we do it? And edited and completed. We just sit here for half an hour and we have a, a nice chat. We had a nice chat. This is the Whistleblowers podcast. Uh, I am Mark Smith. Over there is Stuart Laws. Hello. In for Martin Gritton. It was a good one this week, Stu. What did we talk about? And what, why? Yeah, what and why? We talked about Frankie Lampard and the revitalised Chelsea. Well, not really Lampard. We talked about the team mainly. Did we even really talk about them? We did a bit. Billy we talked Gilmore. about mainly Billy Lil Gilmore. Bill Gill. Uh, we mainly talked about how bad Everton were there and that. We did, yeah. We we talked a lot about your uh, your team. My Gold Hill, Gold Hill FC. Not, no, not Gold. No, oh, Tot- Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Sorry. Hotspur. Not the and, team I play for. No, uh, and Jose absolutely five centre backs. No, but Joe's not even that. When Joe Pulis did Jose that, he pl- did a four. He played four centre backs, and, that and was everyone dry out mm. out in the hot sun, like a Walking Dead season finale club. Not everyone's. No one's second club. What are you talking about? What do you mean? We were a very popular team. Even like everyone's second. Don't be mm. by accident. Like all his all his goodness was in sort his hair. Like, um, the, uh, you know, I'm on your side, really. Tune out now. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to you. Uh, but the voice you can hear there is long-time friend of the show. Hello. Stuart Laws. No, let me say the oh, sorry, introduction yeah, yeah. first, then say hello. Long hello. time. Okay, that's Stuart Laws over there. Uh, Stuart Laws is a comedian, a producer, a Spurs fan, mm. uh, a, a goalkeeper, although I heard you had a bit of a nightmare on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, mean, I am to blame for the fourth goal we conceded. Yeah. Top of the table clash. It's still in our hands. We can still do it. But... Look, it takes a large man to admit that he made a mistake. Thank you, six and foot tall. You are that large man. It's very small for a keeper. And wiry as well. Too wiry for a keeper. Well, hang on, hang on. Too wiry. Um, anyway, Stu, uh, it's nice to have you here. Thanks for coming Thank on the show again. Thank you very much for disappearing again, Gritton. Yeah, you're filling a gritten-shaped hole <laughs> once more. And I think next week as well you're on. Yes. So, you know what? Settle in, bed down. Here we go. And get you, get used to Stuart Laws for a bit. Uh, but away from your own calamitous weekend yep. as a 
pathetic. Okay, well, pathetic. Why are you getting some of these words? <laughs> um, it's, I think this is one of the most entertaining weekends of the season so far, wasn't it? In football, in Premier League football. Yeah, I mean, for everyone but a Spurs fan. Yeah, but I was just, in terms of just things, seems to be things happening all weekend. Sort of talking points throughout, which is great for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, weekend started on. Was there a Friday game this weekend? No Friday game. No Forest. There was Forest Mill oh, on Friday, sorry, yeah, so there yeah, was yeah. that. And that was. Sorry, is there a world outside the Premier League? <laughs> there is. Yeah, as a Derby fan, it was great to watch the first thirty-five minutes of of Millwall Forest and see Millwall go three up away at Forest. That was so. That was an interesting start to the weekend for me. Yeah. In terms of Premier League, though, we kicked off with Bournemouth Liverpool and yeah. a Liverpool side who. I've had to really sort of stop the slide and went a goal down quite early on. They stopped the slide with a, a goal line slide. They did. Very exciting goal line slide. Very exciting. That was uh, Milner, wasn't it? Yeah. I love James Milner. He's so good. He's so good at sliding. He's a good slider. Uh, but crucially, Liverpool, after a very tough week, going out the FA Cup, losing their unbeaten run uh, at Watford, then going a goal down in front of a, an expectant Anfield, I thought they showed a lot of bottle to come through yes Bournemouth aren't great and yes there were individual errors that led to goals for them but that's a lot of bottle to come through that game I thought yeah I, I thought it was uh interesting I saw it from just after the the Bournemouth goal because I was busy making my own calamitous error yes um and Liverpool looked fairly solid for large patches of it but there were still sort of these little creeping moments where you yep. just like Bournemouth could suddenly spring back into this obviously the the goal line clearance but they don't look as imperious as they, they normally do. No, it's, all teams have a wobble to a certain extent. People go on about Arsenal's Invincibles, but you know they lost twice to Middlesbrough that season. It wasn't as if they were absolutely incredible. Did they? In the, yeah, in, in the Cups? In the, uh, in the League Cup, I think it was. Two legs. They lost both legs, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, United's treble winning season. They, they lost fewer games than Liverpool have lost this season. just happens that they were spread out over tournaments rather than... Do you see? So Liverpool... Lost, I think, was it five this season they've lost? Champions League games and yeah, yeah. FA Cup and League Cup. Um, so it's not, the be-all and end-all isn't, when you start the season, it isn't a contest to see who can go unbeaten. It's to, to win the league and then win whatever else you can. But Liverpool, having slipped up a little bit over the last week, they did really well to get back into that. And I think that they now, it's a procession now anyway to, to win the league. And, you know, good on them. There was that exciting moment when, when Bournemouth 1-0, I just got off the pitch yeah, the team, my whole team, were buzzing about the fact that Liverpool. How funny it would be if Liverpool did throw it away from this it's point. Imploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny, but it'd also just be. I think that would be the end of the city. I think they'd have to just pack up the city. <laughs> it was gone and float yeah, yeah. off because it'd be, it'd be impossible. Uh, can we talk very briefly though about about Bournemouth, but specifically about Harry Wilson? Mm-hmm. So Harry Wilson on loan from Liverpool to Bournemouth can't play against his parent club. It's a game that seemed to be set up for him because Bournemouth did look, like you said, they looked quite threatening going forward. Hmm. Well, what do you make of this? I mean, this this rule that you can't play your parent club because to me, if you're taking a player on for the season, you're you're doing the parent club a favour because you're giving a first team football. But now he should be your player and you should be able to use him as you wish. And I think it's completely unfair that you well, not unfair because it's the same for every club and every player, but it seems to be unjust that this player you've got one of your most important players your top scorer in the season can't play in a crucial game when you're battling relegation yeah it seems to be entirely weighted towards the parent club right so they get to pick and choose where their best players are going to go and sort of develop but then also you don't get to play against us so you get to make 
the team better against everybody else but you. So so yeah, so tactically you could be, you know, you go out, score a few against our rivals mm. and, and do us a favour. It, it doesn't seem fair. I think it's... I don't know, if I was a Bournemouth fan, I'd be very frustrated because I think there was something in that game for them on Saturday. And I think a, a fit and uh, available Harry Wilson would have been would have been great for them. What I found quite interesting was Van Dijk spoke a little bit about how he's having to sort of adjust his game. So this is this slight sort of bit in weakness in, in Liverpool's team that, that Deeney and Wilson seem to have been targeting specifically, which is Van Dijk's defensive partner. Yep. So Lovren and then Gomez. Yep. Sort of occupying them and then Van Dijk sort of going for that second ball and having to sort of learn to sort of step off a little bit and not be occupied by sort of a burly sort of striker. Yeah. Yeah, I think the blueprint was laid a little bit, wasn't it, by Deeney in the Watford mm. game where Liverpool, if they've got a fault, it is that they can be bullied a little bit. Not not a lot, but they can be bullied a little bit. And it's always the, the, the guy alongside Van Dijk. Yeah. So with that in mind, do you see Liverpool going for a, a partner? For Van Dijk this 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 off season, or do you think they seem to be right? Do you think they rely on Gomez? Do you think Gomez can step up another another level? I feel like Gomez is that person, right? And if this is something that has just sort of arisen that people have been like, "Hang on, this is something we can do," then that's something that Gomez is. What is he still twenty two? He's he's young, yeah. Yeah. For a centre back, that's nothing. He's got plenty of time to learn alongside Van Dijk. I'm a huge fan of Gomez. Yeah, great. Good, well, we agreed on that. Okay. Uh, but the weekend didn't end there, Stu, famously. The, Stu, the weekend never ends at around sort of two o'clock on a Saturday. In fact, it just begins, yeah. I'd argue. Uh, although, having said that, the three o'clocks were largely awful. It, like a, it's like a binary scoreline of a robot frenzy. One nil, <laughs> nil, nil, one nil, nil one. I think it was about 35 minutes into into the three o'clock kickoffs, and there was just one goal. Yeah, what was going on? Uh, but the, the highlights for me from the three o'clocks... Uh, Newcastle. Mm, doing the Newcastle. Love Steve Bruce, man. Love him. He went into that job and it looked like an absolute nightmare. People were not willing to give him a chance. In the last week, we've seen him and um, Sam Maximum have a bit of a, a little mm. bit of a tiff. Bruce calmed it down. And what happens? Puts his faith in him. Maximum scores the, the, the only and winning goal away at Southampton. Newcastle have done, Steve Bruce in, in particular, has done really, really well with that club, I think. Not spending much money. Defensively, very solid again. I think they should be very proud of him. I think it's one of those clubs where you go, "How? Who are you going to be attracting as a manager?" Like, yeah, what you've do you expect? Said goodbye to Benitez, but by not sort of backing him, by not giving him the options. So then, what? Just hometown heroes. But also, Benitez, there's this revisionism about him that he he was sort of forced out a little bit, and he really wasn't. He went somewhere where they paid him an absolute fortune. Mm. He he went pretty quickly. It's not like he was fighting to stay at the club. You know, he, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a football guy, he's a manager, and he's a human who wants to make as much money as he can for his family. I completely That's why understand. I do this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. This, is, this pays your bills for the next yeah, six yeah. months. But let's not pretend that Benitez was Mr. Newcastle. He wasn't through and through a, a magpie, <laughs> was he? He was, you don't cut him and he bleeds magpies. He bleeds brown ale. <laughs> yeah, Nuki Brown. <laughs> I mean, I like him and I think he does like the club a lot, but... You know, let's not pretend that it was mm. this wonderful love affair that he couldn't rip himself away from the club. No, he went pretty quickly. And Bruce has come in off the back of it. And, I mean, I don't know the stat at the minute, but up to a month or so ago, he had, a, he had more points than Benitez did at this point last season. And that was a season that was hailed as being brilliant for them. So let's give Steve Bruce a bit of bloody slack, okay. shall we, yeah, yeah, yeah. for once. And he's got Joe Linton up and front. He's got to play Joe Linton, yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. Now, the thing is, Joe Linton, I always think this so... 
it's, hard, it's a hard league. It's a hard league. And if you come into this league from abroad, it can take you a little bit of time. Even David Silva, who is without a doubt one of the all-time best Premier League players, he took yeah. a season, maybe even 18 months, to, to get used to uh, it. There was some stats that I read on it that, that striker is, it takes the longest to adapt oh, really? to all yeah. the positions. Oh, uh, uh, striker and goalkeeper. Uh, interesting. For the Premier League. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Well, this is Jolinton's first season, and he came off the back of good scoring uh, record in mm. Germany. But I don't know, man. I don't know. If, I don't know if I can see it. I don't know if I can see it happening for him here. Did he? Was it Alaire? Alaire's. He plays with. He should be playing in a two, right? And that's sort of part of the problem with Alaire. Big man, small man. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I think Joe Linton also played in a two, didn't he? He's I don't not. Know. He's not an out-and-out out striker. He's certainly not a Rondon who can play. He's by more himself. of a Giroud, right? Yeah. He's someone who can connect and can yeah. make things happen. And that Liverpool team. What are you connecting? Maximan and Almiron just running Newcastle to the ground. Sorry, you said Liverpool. Did I? Say? What you meant was Newcastle. I meant Newcastle. Oh, for God's sake. Joe Linton's playing for yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, playing for Klopp. He's a real Klopp signing. <laughs> but I mean, I, I like him and he, he, does, he does work hard, but I just don't know, if I, I don't know if I can see it. I'm happy to be proved wrong. Yeah. I'd like him to go and score 25 goals next season, oh, but I just, I just don't know. I just don't know, man. I'm not sure. Almiron seems to have stepped up a little bit this season He's and Maximum player. is absolutely one of the most fun players to watch. That's something that Newcastle seem to be able to do is sort of sign sort of sort of uh, attacking wide attacking midfielders that are very exciting. Yeah. Even like Perez. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go back to Robert. They've got this Espria. Oh. Although Espria obviously broke that Newcastle team, but you can't see me, but I am saluting. Yeah. You can see me, Stu. I can see it. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Good. Is that salute. how you salute? Is that not how you do it? Well, it's just above your dick. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, another 1 0. And uh, Crystal Palace. Roy, you know mm. what? Roy is doing a good job there. And he, he's not going to be allowed in the ground soon, is he? No, he's not because he's over 70. Yeah. Over 70. He seems to have been around forever and he sort of has been around forever. Mm. But another another win without their captain, without Milivojevic, mm. who I think he was injured or suspended and then he's just not been able to get back in the team. But another 1 0. All right, it's not glamorous, it's not glitzy, but it's it's effective. And Crystal Palace, who are operating on a much smaller budget, are going to be in the Premier League yet again. Yeah, again, that eagle's staying in a job. Yeah, isn't it? That is weird, isn't it? Yeah, do you think they uh, they have any chance of keeping Zaha? And if Zaha goes, if and when he goes, do you see them trying to replace like for like, or do you think they're going to go another way with it? But where is Zaha going to go now, though? Right? You tell me, I've got no idea. I feel like he's missed that boat slightly, right? He's missed the Chelsea boat. Because I feel the like Spurs they, boat. he's missed the Spurs boat. The Chelsea boat seems to have been filled, the lifeboats have been filled with youth youth players. And he's, he's, a lot of young geezers. A lot of young geezers. I like that vibe. Little yeah. Billy Gilmore. Little Billy Gilmore. Up and down, up and down on that lifeboat. Yeah, why not? But I mean, I feel like Zaha now is, what is he, 26, 27? Yeah. 28 maybe, I don't even Might know. Be. But he's certainly entering his prime. Mm. He's definitely got a big move in him. Didn't work out at United, but he's a wonderful player. But you're right, I don't see where he goes. Yeah, because Champions League was completely open to him two years ago, right? If he'd forced the issue then. He could have gone last year as well. I mean, Arsenal yeah. were all over it last year. and Dortmund? Dortmund were r- rumoured to be interested, right? But he's going to be. He's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. And Dortmund don't really sign players for... 50, 60, 70 mil that Palace would want. Yeah. So so who knows? But the headline is another good result for Palace. Another and good Roy result. the boy. Oh, I'm a big fan of Roy. Arsenal, they, they, they trundle on as well. 
Arsenal trying to land. In fact, it's been generally a very good weekend for, uh, I guess you call it, rookie Mid-table Premier teams. League managers. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the rookies in, in the league at the minute. You look at Arteta, mm. you look at Solskjaer, you look at Lampard. We'll get on to Solskjaer and Lampard in the second half. But yeah, Arteta... Well, I mean, West Ham should have won that game. It, it was absolutely should have appalling. That's finishing. the one I was watching on uh, was on a streaming service. Right? Are you allowed to say that? Uh, well, you've said it now, so yep, that's in. It's in. Um, what did you make of it then? Because from what I saw, West Ham take out Bowen's shot from twenty yards hit in the post. They carved Arsenal open at will at times. Yeah, this is a slightly unusual thing, right? Because Arsenal's defence is essentially bad. Right, yeah. it's bad. It's a bad defense, and somehow yes. Arteta has turned them into a more defensively solid team. Yeah, and I'm not sure how that's happened. And it maybe it's because teams are not converting their chances. West Ham should have scored. Yeah, but I mean, what is it about that can't continue indefinitely, no. can it? Because because teams, it's just by chance if you play a team that doesn't score against you, having created chances. That's nothing to do with your defense. It's nothing. You know, to I'm do a with big fan of XG. Stu, you're the biggest fan of XG. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, that is something that is not sustainable no. if you're just surviving on luck. It's in, just in the same luck, way yeah. that Spurs at the moment are letting in more goals than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. But it's from basically very few chances. Yeah. Is the interesting thing. So you think that will. Uh, well, it, I don't think it will ever stop. <laughs> Spurs will keep conceding goals. Well, we'll get onto Spurs as well in the second half, but that's uh, that's about it for the first half, I think, Stu. Should we listen, sure. to, should we listen to an advert? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, I love adverts. Yeah. I'm Josh Schneider-Weiler. And I'm John McKenzie. We know that the football news cycle never slows down. But sometimes, don't you wish it did? On the Football Today podcast, we give you in-depth analysis of the most interesting stories from around the world of football. And hear from the most knowledgeable journalists in the game. You can listen to each episode in the time it takes for a single commute. So join us now and subscribe to Football Today, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Whistleblowers, with me, Mark Smith, and Stu Laws. Hello. Good advert break. I really thought that was one of the best adverts Yeah, I've it was heard. good. I, yeah. Whatever product it was, is something you should definitely oh be getting involved me. in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What have you bought recently? <laughs> what do you mean? Just in life, you bought something? I uh, bought an inflatable bed. Did you? Yeah. What's that for? For, um, when... For your inflatable girlfriend. For my inflatable girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good. Uh, it just, just to have, you know. Yeah, yeah. If, I'm, uh, if a friend of mine is staying over. Me? You, for example. Yeah. You can sleep on the inflatable bed. That'd be nice. Which I put on top of the spare bed that he could sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Right, uh, this half I want to talk about uh, your beloved little worm of a team, Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Um, away at Burnley. It is a tough game, to be fair. Burnley are a horrible team to play against at times. Uh, do you know what? The, uh, when you're watching Burnley play, the only thing thought is, "This is horrible." But in a good it's way. Horrible. They're, 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 they're really, they're a really good side, Burnley. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's not awful to watch. They're good to watch, and I love the way they play. And I think they've got some players that we'll talk about in a second who who would genuinely improve most teams in the Premier League. Yeah. And I think to start that off, we should say Chris Wood, who. I'm watching that game, Burnley-Spurs, and I'm thinking, he would do a great job for Spurs. Oh, man. Imagine yeah, yeah. imagine him being in there as foil to Harry Kane, someone who can play one in every four or five games, 
start instead of Harry Kane, just to save Harry Kane from getting injured every every season. He's sort of a, an improvement on Lorente. Obviously oh, not Lorente in his prime. But yeah, yeah, like... of course, yeah, yeah. But he, he, he is just an excellent Premier League striker. Yeah. Now, Chris Wood is someone who we've seen him forge a great relationship with uh, Ashley Barnes. Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, it's, it's one of those things where it's just a good big man, slightly smaller man, still <laughs> quite big. Classic <laughs> big man, big man. But we thought it's just he's good at playing with that sort of strike partner. Well, Barnes has been out now for a couple of months, and instead he's had to play alongside uh, Jay Rodriguez mm-hmm. and Matej Vidra. And he's shown that he can play with all sorts of different strike partners and that he can lead a line against a top-level defence. Spurs, by the way, had five centre-backs playing. Yeah. And he showed that he could do a proper job. He roughs them up, but not only does he rough them up and get amongst it and get his head in there and score sloppy, uh, scrappy rebounds, mm-hmm. he's a good footballer. Yeah, he can do a lot with the ball. Back to goal, he can play. He can play off the shoulder as well. I think he'd be an outstanding signing. But the problem is, and rightly so, he's not prepared. I wouldn't have thought to go and sit on the bench four times out of five. And why should he? No, he's getting a, he's scoring goals. He's playing every week. Eleven he's goals playing a for season. a team that's sort of built to play for him. Yeah, you know, you go to Spurs and suddenly it's this sort of where Soldado sort of went. Went, it went so wrong is that he came and played for a team that didn't play anything like yeah yeah and so suddenly he was abandoned and he had to he had to be more like you know what Chris Wood is currently doing I guess yeah um, it's, it's a very tough thing to do and I think that leading a line is something that can take players years and years and mm-hmm. we saw we saw over the course of about three months where it seemed to click for Harry Kane how, how to do this, how to lead a line in the Premier League. Mm. And he couldn't do it for the first couple of seasons. He was still scoring lots of goals, but it's a different different skill set. And Chris Wood is someone who I would be worried about. If, if, I, if I'm one of three centre-backs, I'm worried about playing Chris Wood, even yeah. if he's on his own. Because he's going to occupy all three of us. He knows what he's doing, and he is gonna, we're going to know we've been in the game. Yeah, he's going to be stepping back into you. He's going to be little nudges. Absolutely. He's going to be strong arm, and you constantly, you know that for 90 minutes, you're going to basically be fighting with someone. Yeah. And it helps Chris Wood to have someone on the left for Burnley and Dwight McNeil, who I believe, uh, I'm going to say him? it, I'm going to say this, he has got the best delivery of any winger in the Premier League currently. Ooh. If you can find, if you can think of someone with a better delivery than him as a winger, I'd like to hear Lennon's it. Lennon's not getting a game at the moment. <laughs> no, but honestly, you think about people who can cross the ball, you think of Trent, you think of Kevin De Bruyne, you know, there's a few. Yeah. But they're not wingers. Fine. You yeah, find yeah. me, and also he's, he's a winger who is a traditional winger, and they're sort of dying out a bit. Someone who's left-footed plays on the left, gets on the outside, gets a ball in. There's not many of them either. I mean, I'm thinking about Hudson-Odoi at Chelsea, plays on the right. Yeah. But they're quite rare now. We've now got the inverted wingers. Now, if this was 1997, 98, 2000, where we were struggling for left-wingers for the England team, McNeil gets in gets in that France ninety eight squad all day long. It'd be so funny to see uh, that playing a straightforward four four two. Yeah, having to drop one of Skulls, Lampard, or Gerrard. We had Skulls on the left wing. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm a gifted, no I'm most gifted player for years. <laughs> did anyone just go? Why don't we play with one less striker? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah can you imagine though, in the nineties playing with one striker up front in the home game? You'd be you'd be an, you'd be murdered, Stu. Yeah, but you got. You could play Lampard, Gerrard, mm. and Scholes behind a striker. Yeah, you could have done. But different times. Different, different times. times. But I would say, though, still, I, I would have Dwight McNeil as... I'd have him in the squad, the England squads for these friendlies. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. Just just to see. Just to see. He's got a great delivery. It's consistently very good. Uh, and, you know, if Harry Kane is fit and firing, 
Harry oh. Kane would love that sort of delivery because yeah, yeah. you're not you're not getting early, the problem is with these inverted wingers you're not getting early ball. Yeah, yeah. You've got to wait for them to check or wait for the fullback to overlap. Mm. And so you're not getting the early ball. Harry Harry Kane is that player. He's that he's that Les Ferdinand Alan Shearer um, era. Also, that's something that I feel like that is an England strength going into the Euros. Right? Is that we can. First of all, we can play with your Sanchos, your Sterlings, and we can play Rashford, that sort of style of football, and yep. Kane is perfect to sort of drop deep and enable that. But as a plan B... Oh, we can mix it up. Whipping in those crosses. I don't. I can't think of any other sort of top... I mean, France have got Giroud, but they, they don't ever play like that because they've got Mbappe, they've got Griezmann. Yeah, I, I want a team that can mix it up. Yeah, yeah. I think if you know if we've tried everything we can and we're not quite getting over the line against a Croatia or a, a France or whoever, I have absolutely no issue. Ten minutes left, yeah, bringing on Dwight McNeil, getting some balls into the box early and loading it up. Yeah, yeah. Why would why? How could you possibly have an argument about that? I I, I, I never understand that. It's, it's a good call. We, we'd first of all we'd like to play nice football and we do as England now. Yeah. We do play lovely football and it is progressive and it's great and I think we will. Genuinely, I think we'll win things in the next two or three major tournaments. But if we win things because we are having to launch something last minute, I'm all for that as well. Absolutely. That's why I like Burnley. It's entirely how Spurs got to the Champions League final. Yeah. Do you see that tweet where everyone was like, <laughs> talking about a new era of English dominance in Europe just because Spurs bantered their way to a cup <laughs> final? <laughs> yeah, but the other three teams were all in the Euro finals as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Actually, Stuart, that's out of order. Okay, well, I'm a Spurs fan who's going through some things at the moment. You are, and you're right to be, because let's talk about Jose for a minute. Five um, centre-backs. Five centre-backs, not a great performance, but I think I think we should focus more on post-match mm. and Jose's comments about Ndombele. Yep. Uh, Stu, you're a big fan of Ndombele. Rightly so. Fan. Talk about it. What do you make of it? Why is, why is he now the player to be getting the brunt of Jose's insanity? He's uh, he's a record signing. He's talented, but he's what, what is often used that word mercurial, right? Yeah. <laughs> in that sometimes he seems like the best player in the world, yeah. and sometimes he completely goes missing. In the same yeah. way, Pogba, right? The same with lots and lots of players. Yeah. And he's a, again first season in the Premier League. First season in the Premier League. He's twenty-two. He's carrying injuries. He's come from the French league. It's not like he's come from Spain yeah. or Italy. The or level like of that. fitness isn't quite. Required exactly. to be as high. And By the way, though, he should take some responsibility for that. Absolutely. And, and I don't think but Jose he's been was... carrying injuries. He's lots of little niggling injuries. Absolutely. Tough. Jo- Jose, I don't think he was completely wrong on what you said, no, but it but shouldn't have been said in public. You have a little word. Have a word. Have a word, Jose. Yeah, you don't take, you don't take him off as well at half-time. That's the thing. To take... I know that or, the or, game or, changed, right? Yeah. But why are you sending out five centre-backs? That's your bigger problem. Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke just before we started recording and said that it, it is remarkable to think that this Spurs team is only eight or nine months removed from that Champions League final. When you had one of the best managers in the world, Poch, you had a really vibrant attacking side in Spurs. And, and, and going forward, you had centre-backs that seemed to know their roles and knew what was going on. And, yeah, nine months on, it's almost the complete opposite. And you look at who... Alderweireld doesn't look the same player anymore. No, he looks terrified. Yeah. He, 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 you look at Van Dijk play, and there, were time, there was a time when it, it was discussed, Alderweireld and Van Dijk, two, two best central defenders in the league. 
Van Dyke, you look at him and you're just like, he's not going to be making mistakes. You trust him in every yeah. position. Out of Verald, I'm just like, he's constant. There was a one point against Burnley yeah. where he got a little nick and so he went down when the ball was still in play two yards away from him. Yeah. Just a little quick check of his leg and the ball got played past him straight away. And you're just like, what? what? His head's gone. Head's this is what Pochettino, he wanted rid of Toby. He wanted rid of Vertonghen. Yeah. He wanted rid of Ericsson because he knew that they weren't committed to his style of play. They were done. They'd had enough. And there was rumours that, you know, players had had enough of his style, but it's going to be the older players who couldn't maintain it. Yeah. And that's what the situation is right now, right? Winks is good again, but Winks was good under Poch. But it's like but it's like you say, everyone saw this coming. Yeah. And there's been no preventative measures been put into place. And in the space of, of that time, Spurs have gone from from that. And yeah, we had a terrible f- league form in the second half of last season. Yep. And we did not have a good start to this season. But also, we had Ericsson playing for us when he didn't want to be there. We had Toby not wanting he to be there. He very clearly didn't, just didn't want to be there. V- very clearly. Yeah. I don't know why you don't cut that out as soon as you can. Just <sighs> listen to the man who transformed you from a mid-table team to a Champions League a final team and yeah. just do what he wants rather than paying fourteen million pounds to Jose to to mess things up. We're getting the Jose experience all sort of microwaved and put into six months rather than the normal three years. Um, I think we should uh, conclude the podcast though, Stu. We've waited to the very end to do this. I'm not really sure why, but we should talk about how good Sunday was for Ooh. rookie managers. Yeah, Frank Lampard's had a lot of a lot of stick. Some of it. You from know, me. Some of it from you, some of it fairly so, fairly, you know, it's it's fair, you're going to get scrutiny, you're a Premier League manager. Likewise Solskjaer, yeah. who's been getting absolutely hammered, and it feels as though, you can't put it all on the signing of Bruno, but it feels like certainly since Bruno came into the club, something something fundamental seems to have changed there. But let's start with Lampard. Yep. Uh, the game against Everton, did you see it? Yep. Uh, Ancelotti returning to Chelsea and getting... Just it was awful pasting. Yeah, it was all. It was awful, wasn't it? Pickford made so many saves. That's mm. the other thing. Is Pickford looked good yeah. again? Yeah, and still conceded four goals. Yeah, nothing he could do with any of the goals. No, uh, Mason Mount, lovely goal for the first one. Ross Barkley looked like the greatest player that's ever played football. Yeah, yeah, he had an unbelievable game that. against his old club. Uh, but Everton, you're right, they were absolutely awful. And when Calvert Lewin misses that chance at nil nil. Was it 2-0? Was it 0-0? Whatever it was. He's going through. I think it was 0-0. He's going clean through. Yeah, yeah. And you can see him. You can see him thinking, oh, it's a great week for me. Sign my new five-year contract. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. You saw all of that on his face. I as saw all of that on his face. Yeah. And he just sort of shanks it wide. And you just think, oh, it's going to be a long day for them. Yeah, when Everton are conspiring to make Kepper look like a world-class keeper, <laughs> you know something has gone wrong. Yeah, he did well, Kepper. Yeah. He did really well. There's some brave, some bravery down at feet at times and yeah. a nice little double save as well. Yeah, I thought I thought Chelsea looked looked really good. And, and we talked already about Billy Gilmore, Lil Bill Gill. Yeah. Uh, and the youth of Chelsea. They're missing Loftus-Cheek who is young, he's not as young as Gilmore or hudson Adoy, who they also missed. But actually, their front three were veteran by comparison. They had yeah, Giroud, yeah. Willian and, and Pedro. And it's a pretty tired cliche, really, but it's just obvious that that blend of experience and youth seems to be working. Yeah. I think it's... I thought earlier, well, it was just maybe three game weeks ago, that game Chelsea week. were sort of spent, right? Yes. And that they'd sort of 
they'd had that great run in sort of October, We've seen November. what they've got, and it's not quite enough. Yeah, yeah. But they've suddenly been revitalised, thankfully, by Spurs being so terrible. <laughs> that feels like the sort of the ignition. Yeah. That they've yeah. gone, oh, we can do this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they're playing sort of like lower lower table teams, and they're like, oh, this is a bit tough. And they come and play Tottenham, and they're like, oh, no, no, we can play football. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I also think it helps a lot to beat Liverpool in the FA Cup. And it was a depleted Liverpool side, fine, yeah. but that's their fault. That's, it's not Chelsea's fault. Yeah, but they also play, you know, they play Billy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, and Billy Gilmore actually turns out that Scotland might have some all right players. This could because be, yeah. If you look at uh, Scotland's midfield now, you go, well, Billy Gilmore looks. Let's not put too much pressure on him, but he looks like a real player. Yeah. He looks like a, someone from La Masia, someone like that, some some Barcelona youth product. Um, John Collins, is he still playing? John Collins, that left <laughs> yeah. foot in the Predators. <laughs> McTominay, who scored, we'll get on to him in a second, yeah, yeah. scored that lovely goal against Man City. He looks like a great player. And then they got their left backs, uh, Tierney and uh, Robertson. So if it's just left backs and centre mids, yeah. Scotland are going to do fine. There you go. <laughs> Sadly, it's not. <laughs> so, oh, well. They're playing fives, are they? Yeah. Uh, let's move on to uh, the final game of our chat because this is recorded bef- before Leicester Villa. Mm. Uh, so we don't know what happened there. But the final game of our chat and the final game of the weekend proper, we'll call it. Yeah. It was United and uh, Man City. Um, I mean, I don't know what's happened to United. I sort of do. Bruno's come in. But Bruno's it can't just in. be that. But it also, can't just be that, can he's it? He's been backed, right? Ole has been backed in a way. He got rid. He was allowed to get rid of an £80 million player. Mm-hmm. Gone. Mm-hmm. Loads of players. And yeah, he was left bereft for the first half of the season. He was having to, But then playing Greenwood, playing sort of youth. I and still now think, it's coming together, right? I think it's coming together uh, despite that. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I think that I don't think Solskjaer imagined that having lost Lukaku, he wouldn't be replaced. Oh yeah, yeah, he wanted a, he wanted well, he's someone got in. Igale. I don't <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's wrong to say oh things are going well now, therefore everything that that came before it is fine because that just papers over the cracks and also just absolves management of any responsibility. But you're right, it has worked out quite nicely because Greenwood now. You know, a bit of experience. He's starting to get some minutes, scoring plenty of goals. Yeah, looks like a decent player. Igalo could be the feel-good story of the season, couldn't he? Again, he didn't really play on Sunday, nor did Greenwood. But he—he's a United fan, first Nigerian player to play for them. And like you said about Chris Wood, he knows how to lead a line. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just need a player who can play that position. And it looks like to me he might get a, a, a full-time contract at the club. Anyway, United. Ten games now unbeaten. Eight mm-hmm. of them are clean sheets. Two goals conceded in the entire time in that ten-game run. Yes, the Man City result is good, but they've done well against big teams all season. In fact, I think half their points have come from teams in the top eight. Yeah. Half their points. Um, for me, the turning point wasn't Sunday, but it was actually the Watford game, where for the first time we saw them break down a team who could defend deep. Yeah, yeah. Watford have since gone on to show that they are actually a pretty good side. But that's where Bruno Fernandes was important for me. Yeah, they were very much a team that had some attackers and some midfielders. And there was nothing sort of... Because what they had the players in between were Jesse Lingard, Pereira and Mata. And their player... Mata, incredible player, but his legs are gone. Yeah, he's he's he was he was excellent. Yeah, and it, you know this is what happens. Yeah, and suddenly Fernandez is in there, and suddenly the team feels joined up. But have you noticed though, Mata? It's interesting you touch upon him there because he is he is nowhere near what he was. Mm. But when he's playing with Fernandez now, 
he looks so up for it. Yeah. Because he's finally like, oh, God, we've got a player who, who, who's on the same wavelength as me. So I, he, I'm going to make the runs because I know the ball might not come this time, but it, it's gonna, he, might, he might try and get the ball to me yeah, at least. Because yeah. if he stopped trying to get the ball to me, well, I'm not going to run anymore. Yeah. Because what's the point? It's never coming to me. And now all of a sudden he looks like he's 27, 28 again. Because Matter's thinking to himself, I've got 9K I can run in this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every every step is depletion. Yeah. It was on FIFA when you got the, the stamina bar going down. Matter's very aware of his stamina so bar. So he'll do three sprints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that'll be, and he'll not get the ball any of them. Because yeah. it's, it's, you know, Lingard and Pereira, have, have, they've had a tough season. They, mm. You know, they, they might not be there next season. They might be, I don't know. But Bruno's come in and he seems to have just rejuvenated the entire side and I look at United now and I look at uh, Maguire and I look at uh, Bruno and I think well you've got two leaders yeah there are two leaders there well that's two more than you had this time last year mm-hmm. and I think Pogba's a leader but obviously he is out and he's a different sort of leader but he's out of the team anyway at the moment but that's for the same reason that I think Watford will stay up is that they've got leaders one of theirs is their manager mm-hmm. the other one's Deeney and you just don't feel like the team will ever get to a a real low base level because of those two. There'll always be a certain six or seven out of ten performance. Yeah, but where does that come with, with someone like Villa who are playing tonight, who've got Grealish, Jackie Grealish, Mings? I think is a leader as well. Yeah, but they're in trouble, right? Is it enough to just have some leaders? Uh, well, no, you need to have quality as well. But I, I think the, the the point with the, the United thing is they do have good players. Um, Look, Leicester are on a downward slump, and yes, they are. I was chatting to my Villa friend, could do it because I think Leicester are on a downward slump, but he is less confident. And that is where the podcast for this week just sort of ends, uh, thanks to a technical hiccup. Um, the last thirty seconds or so of the podcast went a bit weird, so I've recorded this afterwards. Um, yeah, sorry about that. But that's it. If you like the show, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast. Um, and, you know, tell your friends about it. I've been Mark Smith. Stuart Laws was also here. Can't reply, obviously, because he's uh, he gone. He's gone. He went ages ago. But, uh, yeah, see you next week. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.